Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. Are y'all ready for the word? Church, stretch your hands towards Pastor Cliff as we pray for the pies. I'm just playing. As we pray for the word, Father God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. That what you're doing within this heart to be able to deliver this message, Lord, I ask that you would just keep him uh, being such a light for you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that the words that are coming from his mouth are directly from your throne. Yes, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would uh, help him as he helps us stretch us and grow us in your spirit as we continue this this series. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. 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 Come on, let's thank God for the announcements and everything going on. I want to shout out real quick to all of our volunteers. I know I did it a few weeks ago, but yes, we're celebrating tonight. We love our volunteers here at Hope Alive Church. We couldn't do what we do without them. And so we're glad. Come on, yeah, that's good. Give them a good round of applause. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the place where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to Thy presence. It's an old song, but I love it. It says, draw me nearer, sing it with me, nearer, blessed Lord, to the place where thou hast died. It's an old hymn, but it says, draw me nearer. Thy precious bleeding side. Sing it one more time. Now you know it. Sing it out with me. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed to the place where Thou hast died. Oh. you glad he bled for you and he died for you today come on are you glad that he gave it all for you and me i was singing this week on on facebook every now and then i just turn on the live button on facebook and one of the just some old songs that had come to me when i was growing up and somebody had told me about that one and i had forgotten the words i knew the song but then i went up and looked the words and how many ever get one of them songs in your head and you can't get it out and you annoy your loved ones because you sing it over and over and over and over 
I was laying in bed last night right before bed, right before I was falling asleep, like, you know, in and out where you're talking foolishness. You're like, I was singing, draw me nearer, nearer, precious, because I just, I just love the words to that song. Amen. Thank God he's not only a savior and a deliverer, but he was willing to be a bleeder for you and me. Amen. Let's thank God one more time for his presence. Hallelujah. We are in a series on the gifts of the Spirit, and I want to dig in, jump in this morning. We started it Wednesday night, and uh, I'm going to give you a quick recap, and so buckle your seatbelt, but if you missed this recap, you can always go to our podcast. You can find it in the Amazon store. You can find it on Spotify. I mean, all different platforms as well, and primarily on our Hope Alive Church app, but you can find it and go get a recap. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit was a gift to us as believers? Amen. We preached about that a few weeks ago. In fact, the Sunday after Easter, and and we talked about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, about the spiritual gifts, I love what the the, uh, New King James Version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I compared the Holy Spirit to one of those cutie oranges, you know, you take that outside layer and then it's layer after layer after layer inside. That really defines the Holy Spirit to me because the Holy Spirit in itself is a gift, but the more you unwrap the Holy Spirit, how many knows you find out the dimensions of the Holy Spirit? And so we, we're growing in this area and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and how it's important that the church, everybody say, that's me. Say it again, that's me. It's important that the church knows about the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, Paul said we should not be ignorant. There is no excuse for biblical illiteracy. It is a trick of the devil to keep you keep you ignorant in the things of the word because he knows if he can keep you intimidated and ignorant by the Bible, he can keep you weak and he can keep you right where he wants you. When a Christian knows the word of God, it empowers them to become all that Christ went to the cross to die for, for us to be victorious in this day we're living in. Biblical literacy is something that's incredibly important. And so we, we cannot neglect things like the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, when we neglect them, they're to our own loss. The Bible says Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven after his death, resurrection, he ascended into heaven. The last thing he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, I'm going to go, but you will receive power. You will receive power for living when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this power will not give you power to be great, just for you to just be great, but it'll give you power to tell people about the power, to tell people about my story, to tell people about the gospel in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, all to the ends of the earth. Say amen. And so this is the important thing. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. Here are the nine gifts of the Spirit. Are you ready? Nine gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians 12, 18. To some, the people, to some people, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, the Spirit gives healing. To the others, the power to do miracles. To others, the ability to prophesy. To others, he gives the ability to discern or distinguish between spirits, tell them apart. 
To others, he gives the ability to speak in different languages they had not known before. And still yet to others, he gives the ability to interpret those tongues or to interpret those languages. And he gives, I love what this says in verse 11, all the gifts are produced by one Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. And he gives to each person as he describes. These are nine. Everybody say nine gifts. Nine gifts of the Spirit. Wednesday night, we talked about the word of wisdom. We talked about the spiritual gift of the word of wisdom is knowing how to apply the truth of God and his word to situations in life. It's not just what you know. It's do you know how to use what you know? I gave this example Knowledge tells us that tomatoes are a fruit, but wisdom tells us tomatoes don't belong in fruit salad. Does that make sense to you? So it's not just as, it's, it's important to know what's in here, but it's even more important to know how to use what is in here. The second gift that we talked about Wednesday night was the word of knowledge. And that, of course, coincides with, with having the right knowledge and comprehension and interpretation of the scripture and vision. Knowing what the word says. I said it a minute ago, but it bears repeating. Biblical literacy is a weapon in the hands of a child of God. Knowing what the word says, knowing where to find what the word says, knowing what to do with what the word says is so important. Don't come to church and always just expect me to give you the word. You will be malnourished. Uh, you know what I'm trying to nourish? <laughs> Sorry. You will be, you will be, you will come in here running on fumes when God created you to survive and thrive. There's nothing wrong with coming to church for the word, but, but you need to live bigger and more mature than just coming to get your little Jesus bump on Sunday. You need to live where you need him on Monday and you need him on Tuesday. And how many knows you need him on Wednesday morning and Thursday afternoon? He's not a God that just serves one day, two days of your week. No, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to give us life, an abundant life for living. And it comes with a child. Whoa, I'm feeling good this morning. It comes with a child of God knowing how to use the word. So biblical, the word of knowledge is a spiritual gift. Some people use the word of knowledge as God re reminding them in scripture Maybe Alton comes to me with a problem and the word of knowledge comes to me and I, I recall the structure and the strength of the scripture and I'm able him to give him a reminder. The, the book of 1 Peter says we ought to be ready to give a defense. We ought to ready, be ready to give a reason. There's people that need what you have. If you're not ready to give them your hope, what Peter said, if you're not ready to give them a defense, you need to be ready. The word of knowledge comes when he has a need and he says, I need you to pray with me. The word of knowledge, the spiritual gift will come and say, Alton, I want to remind you that your business is blessed because you're a tither and you're a giver because you serve because you, and this has been the best year of your life. But Alton and Jessica Reddick, let me prophesy the next year will be greater than the last year over your life, over your business, over your family, over your, your children. That's the word of knowledge working. Hello, somebody. There was a little prophetic gift spoken in there too. And then the third thing is the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the, is the extraordinary uh, ability for Christians to be confident, hello somebody, and to be assured and insured uh, of the presence of God, 
of the power of God and of the biblical promises of God. I'm talking about the gift of faith is seen when you're in the middle of the battle and you know you got to get a hold of somebody and hold their hand because they have the gift of faith, which means they don't believe in what they see. They believe in what they do not see with their own eyes, but see with their spirit on the inside of themselves. What is faith? Faith is the substance, the the ingredients of things believed and hoped for, not the evidence of what we see. Let me break down a practical example of faith. Is your car parked outside, yes or no? Can you see it? That's faith. Faith means you believe even though you cannot see. I believe it's there. Well, over here. Mine's over here. I believe it's there. I left it there. I locked the doors. Well, Pastor Cliff, you know, car thefts, that's how the devil works. Car thefts have been on the rise. And I heard that they were looking for silver trucks, you know. And so so the devil, he might have stole your car. That's what the devil tries to do. But you cannot tell me that my car is not parked outside because I have faith that I left it. I know where I live. The same thing applies to scripture. I know I am free by the truth of God's word. I know I am set free and healed and delivered. Why can I confidently speak that over you? Because I know what the word says. Some people have the gift of faith. The book of Hebrews talks about the hall of faith. There's a chapter, I believe it's chapter 11 if I'm not mistaken. The hall of faith of men and women of God who stood strong in faith despite the circumstances. Some of us don't have, even have the faith to put up our winter jackets yet. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but there's people that they, they have strong, solid faith. They cannot be moved. So I want to pick up today in, in number four. Everybody say number four. <coughs> Excuse me. Pick up today in number four. And I want to talk about gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. This is part two of this scripture. The gifts of healing is the supernatural ability to bring physical, emotional, or spiritual healing to individuals through the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, of course. The gifts of healing. If you are, 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 are in your Bible and you can return quickly, uh, Steph, if you don't mind, return to 1 Corinthians uh, to chapter 12. Go back to verse, uh, this would be verse 10. Um, excuse me, verse 9. To others, the same spirit gives faith. To others, that one spirit gives the gifts. Do you see the S there? The gifts of healing. Right there, down in verse 8, to others that one spirit gives the gifts of healing. Do you know that in every version of the Bible, the Bible does not singular, it plurals that word. It does not isolate that word to one gift. It says that every single interpretation says it's the gifts of healing. Which implies by the word that there is multiple gifts of healing. Say amen to that. Which implies there's multiple ways to be healed. Some people are healed instantly. Some people are healed over time. I used to have a doctor who, full of the Holy Spirit, she still practices today. She just ain't my doctor no more. That ain't no reason other than we just ain't doctoring and clienting, you know what I mean? But uh, 
She used to pray for us before she administered medicine and she administered treatment and training because she knew that she had the gift of healing. God flows and brings healing to people in different types of way. And what I told you, the gift of faith and the gift of healing work very close together. Just like the gift of wisdom and knowledge work close together. We can, we can understand that, that this, this gift of, of healing, uh, it, it has a purpose of building up the church's body. What kind of church would we be if we were sick? We are the body of Christ. What kind of body would we be? What kind of testimony would we be if we were all sick? What kind of, what kind of understanding would this world have if we didn't operate and believe that the same God that birthed us, that brought life into our bodies at that moment of conception, that, that, that would not continue to heal and deliver and guide our bodies to operate how they're supposed to be. Not only does he want our bodies to be healed, don't ever let a dead preacher, somebody who doesn't have faith, somebody who believes that that part is, is canceled out, tell you that God doesn't want you healed. The Bible says, beloved, I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The Lord knows that your soul is healthy. He wants your body to be healthy as well. And so he gives us the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing help us in our body, but they also attract people to the gospel. How do I know this? Because I, I wrote this down, the purposes of the gifts of healing are to meet the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the body of Christ and to help bring people to Jesus. Look what, it said, look what happened in Acts. In Acts chapter 4, verse 30, the early believers prayed for healing. Read this scripture. It says, it says that they told them, stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. And then in Acts chapter 5, a few, just a chapter later, the apostles did what they, they were created to do. And look what happens. Many were added to the Lord because of it. And so healing is not just to get you looking better and thinner and, and your, your skin looking clearer. Hello, somebody. Healing is for other people to see the power of God that works on the inside of you. <clears throat> The gifts of healing are often, often present in people that operate in the fivefold ministry. They're not limited to, but they're present. Jesus healed. Pastor Cliff, I know that. Jesus performed many, Luke chapter 6, performed many miracles. He, he prayed for the sick. He delivered the sick. He, he, he prayed over those that had unclean spirits. There is another gift of healing. Sometimes your body might not be ailed. But because of demonic and unclean things on the inside of you. Hello, somebody. It is withholding the performance of your faith. It's withholding the performance of your body back. And so Jesus brought deliverance. In Acts chapter 5, I just showed you where the apostles, those Jesus left to work. I believe I'm called with an apostolic gift. Left behind to work, to strengthen, to build, to father, to empower the church. These people also, some of you may have, have uh, uh, ever seen us get some of those prayer cloths. Here's another way that Jesus used things to heal. Even the Bible says in Acts chapter 19, so that even the handkerchiefs or the aprons that touched his skin were carried away to the sick 
And look what happens. And their diseases left them. Billy, I want to get one because Ricky's sitting back there and his mama's in the fight for her life. And I want to pray over one of those prayer cloths at the end of this service. Okay? Healing is found in scripture and it's a gift that is used throughout the early church. But I believe it is still applicable today. Speaking of prayer cloths, you remember the night we did the word game show? Some of us remember that night a little more than others. Do you remember, Billy, I gave you a prayer cloth and I said, give it to my dad. The next morning, he got up early, four, three, four o'clock in the morning and drove to San Antonio because somebody who used to be, he was their pastor, still is their pastor. They were in, the, in San Antonio in a hospital in a fight for their life. We received this message on Facebook the other day. And it's kind of cut off a little bit, but it's here to show you that the lady that we went to, he went to go pray for, basically her breathing had been improving. They were weaning her off of sedation. She was beginning to open her eyes. She's hearing them, but cannot yet respond. Her heart rate is improving. Her kidneys are improving. And they tell this testimony of healing. We prayed over a prayer cloth. Dad took it, laid hands on her like the book of James says, anointed her with oil, prayed the prayer of faith, and the person that used to be sick and sedated and lost is coming to a healing state. Where is Ray? Ray and Lorena, you, Ray, I want you, there you go. Stand, Ray, this is Ray Regalado. A few weeks ago, Ray Regalado messaged me and he said, my dad has gotten a horrible report from the doctor. Say so they think that there might be cancer. They're, they're, they're rushing him in for emergency types of testing and things like that. I stood him up because I want you to see, I'm not up here selling you a pie in the sky. You can't tell that person God doesn't heal. Ray told me this morning, I had to come add it to my notes. Because Ray told me this morning, he went to the doctor this week and they told him there is absolutely no cancer. No cancer! They're going to rule some other things out, but I stand in faith with you, Ray and Lorena and the kids. What God started in healing his body, he will finish. Woo, I'm feeling it this morning. If you have ever personally been healed by God, stand to your feet right, at, right here in this room. You know yourself has been healed by God personally without the shadow of a doubt. Look all over this room. It can't be all of us lying. It can't be all of us lying. I know medicine works. I'm taking medicine right now. You hear me? The devil tried to get in my head yesterday and say, how are you going to stand up and, and preach about healing when you can't even handle some dust that comes through West Texas? Well, let me tell you today, I have a gift of faith. I'm assured my God always has been a healer, always will be a healer. He's always going to be a healer from yesterday, today, and forevermore. You can't tell me God don't heal. I'm already feeling better today than I did yesterday. 
test the gifts of healing. Pastor Cliff, how come somebody doesn't get, how come some people don't get healed? I'm just going to call it out. Can we just be honest here? You're not, I'm not up here telling you that every 100% gets healed. In fact, the great evangelist Catherine Kuhlman said one of the first things she's going to ask the Lord when she gets to heaven, and she's already done that, is why when I pray for 10 wheelchairs, two get up and walk and eight don't. Healing goes beyond our finite minds of human comprehension. Let me tell you about people who received their healing when they left this earth and walked into the greatest healing places. That's not the story we want to hear. We want to pray for our loved ones and they want them to be healed. One of the greatest men of faith was your grandfather, who we prayed for his healing. And David Liao Sr. would stand in this room and he would lift his hands. He was a short guy, so he had to really look for his hands, but he would lift them up. But one of the strongest gifts of faith, you know, one of the strongest gifts of faith. And the doctors gave him a bad report. Went through that process of healing and he stepped into heaven. But I want to tell you today, he received his healing because Hebrews says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And he sees his healing when he sees you do what God's called you to do. Maybe he's not here, here on earth. I told Lexi this week, there is a greater anointing coming on her life to speak, to share. This is the harvest. Healing doesn't always happen the way we want it. Sometimes heaven is healing for us. And I am not one to stand up and say that don't count. It counts. To leave this world, this sin-sick, sin-driven, sin-fallen world full of confusion and, 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 and hate and ugliness. To leave this world into the world where there will be no more tears. There, there will be no more crying. That is the greatest healing that one could ever ask for. I believe God heals. The gifts of healing are in multiple ways. The second part, the fifth, the fifth gift of the Spirit is the working of miracles. The working of miracles. The spiritual gift of miracles is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to a believer, everybody say, that's me, to perform supernatural acts that go beyond the natural laws of this world. If you are here today for your first time, you don't believe me, keep on coming back, stay with me for a little bit. If you still are struggling to believe, I'm sorry. Because there is so much power available to those that believe. Somebody say, well, I got to see it to believe it. Well, I'm sorry. The word says you got to believe it to see it, not see it to believe it. The gift is not to be mistaken. This gift is not, is not magic. It's not trickery. It's not sorcery. There were some that tried to do things in the, in the Bible through sorcery to try to make it look like there was some, there's been uh, televangelists and people try to do things through sorcery and trickery and, and magic and things like that. That is a real, also a very real power, but it's a dark power. But the, the supernatural ability to do miracles supersedes all these powers. These miracles are here to bring glory to God. 
I remember one story in the Bible said, Lord, I don't care if you do the miracle or not, but so all these people can see how good you are, do what you did. The Bible says he rained fire down, licked up a sacrifice from a wet altar, and the, and the prophets of Baal that said he could not do it got on their knees and confessed him to be the only God living that day. Let me tell you, the gift of miracles is here to grow the church. It's not here to grow you. It's not here to grow your calendar or your booking appointments. It's here to grow the body and it's here to glorify God. The Greek word for the word miracles is dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. This dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. It is powerful. It is explosive. It makes things possible. Maybe there is a brick wall in front of you, but when dynamite is applied, the power hits the impossible things and things begin to change. That's the dunamis, the miracle working power of God. Have you ever had God do a miracle on your behalf? This working of miracles is a supernatural power to do things which are otherwise impossible. I feel sorry for this world who does not know the power of the living word of Jesus Christ, who does not know the power of the Holy Spirit, who doesn't know the power of the God that caused the sun and the moon to stand still one day. The one that he created to move, he had the power to stand up and hold it still. The God who split waters to the side so the people could cross dry ground. The God that made water solid so Peter could walk out on it I don't know how you do it believing that that miracles are not possible in these days and times if you don't believe miracles are possible in these days and times this man standing right here I hate to do it but you got to stand up so I could point you out this is my papa child take him a minute to stand but this man right here can tell you about the miracle working power of Jesus Christ himself Be seated. I, I don't want to butcher your story because I'm afraid you'll get on to me. One day he was plowing out in his field. This man is a farmer's farmer. If you want to grow better toenails, come talk to him. I promise you. He can tell you how to grow them. He was out on the field one day. One of his plows broke on his plow. Shed it off of his... In order to fix it, he needed a special tool. He walked around the tractor, looked in the truck. He did not have the tool. So he decided to put it back together the best he could and he went on to work because that was broke, not working correctly. As he went, listen to me, he moved from the place he was at. He went up, up the row, came about, back a few rows and then the, what was wrong originally became worse because he could not fix the part. And so he decided in his mind, I cannot continue to work. I will, I will ruin my equipment if I don't put the equipment back like it's supposed to. But in order to put it back, I need a special tool. Let me put this in chronological order. It broke in one place, he worked a little longer, and then it broke in another place. As he was putting his pieces together to put his, to leave it in the field, to make a long walk back, he looked down on the ground and the exact wrench the exact wrench that he needed i'm not i'm not telling you a lie the size the condition and everything he needed to finish the job was laying in the dirt right beside the tractor where it broke the second time the second time not where it broke the first time he went past that 
And it, where it broke the second time, he looked down. You go ahead and line up and come after this service and call this man a liar. But he has told me that story for generations, and I'll tell it to the generations ahead. My God is a miracle-working God. <coughs> Stephen, stand up. This is Stephen Pierce. He owns a, a, a local company, the Steam Team Carpet Cleaning. Shout out. You owe, you owe me some money for that shout out right there. <laughs> this last week, he stepped out in faith, big faith. I'm talking six-figure faith. Am I right? Six-figure faith because he felt the opportunity, God leading him to step out in faith. He has had some motorcycles and some equipment that I'm telling you, I must have shared that thing five times at least. He's been trying to sell. He's not asking a lot of money for it. He's asking it a, a, a fair price. He's been trying to sell. He signed the paperwork. He stepped out in faith. And this week, as of today, every single piece of that equipment has been sold or will be finished today. That defies our mental capacity, but that doesn't defy the capacity of the God that we serve. Him and Papa Charlie will be up here along with Ray, along with everybody else, all them other people. You can come call them a liar if you want to, but they've tapped into the knowledge that God is a giver of healing. He's a giver of miracles. He's a giver of supernatural signs and wonders. Woo! Jesus gave us power to do miracles. John chapter 14, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Stephen, the one that was stoned for his faith, he did miracles. Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. He told us in Mark chapter 6, and these signs will accompany, 16, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Are you a believer today? In my name, they will cast out demons. I dare a demon to come up in this house. I wish a demon would some days. I bet he's here right now just waiting. It's enough power and Holy Ghost in this room to cause hell to run every which way but north. Woo. He said, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. If you don't believe in speaking in tongues, if you believe speaking in tongues is for old, old ways of thinking. If you believe speaking in tongues make you crazy. Hope Alive Church believes in speaking in tongues. Believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. Believe in every gift that he gives us. It doesn't make sense. It never has made sense. I'll never fully understand it. But I have faith that is assured that if he gave us the power to do it, it is possible. They will pick up certain. Now that part ain't my... I don't I don't know if that part is my ministry but the Bible says that they will do many mighty works in my name many don't believe in miracles anymore they don't many of our mainline conservative denominations around the world they do not believe in miracles they don't believe miracles happen they, they, they believe that it's kind of something that's fallen away with the death of the original apostles. But I want you to know I believe in miracles because I believe in the providence of God. I believe that God is a provider. 
and his caring provision for his people means he guides us, he provides for us. Papa Charlie didn't need a ham sandwich in the field that day. He didn't need $100 because $100 wouldn't have been able to help him. But he cares for Charlie Tripp and he gives to Charlie Tripp. He cares for Stephan and Amanda. He cares for Ray. He cares for your mom, Ricky. He cares and so his providence is showing us his care over his creation. It's showing us his, he's working things out. It's showing us in this sin fallen world, his providence destroys all natural limitations. Let me tell you about the God that I serve. That is a miracle. Number six, the sixth gift of the spirit is the gift of prophecy. Is the gift of prophecy. And the spiritual gift of prophecy is the ability by the Holy Spirit given to a believer to speak forth the word of God with power and authority. This gift is oftentimes mistaken for telling the future. God doesn't need a future teller. He's already been to the future and came back. We're right on track where we need to be. That's a full assurance and understanding. You, when you are living in the will of God, you are on track to the future that God has for you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Jeremiah the prophet said he wants to give us a future and a hope. So you don't need to trust your future to anything but God. But the gift of prophecy is not the ability to just tell the future. It's more to proclaim the word of God. And, and, and more to, to speak in power and authority the truth and the revelation of God's word. Through the gift of prophecy, the Holy Spirit can also bring to the speaker's mind things that they would not know themselves. For example, I sent a text to a pastor in Lubbock yesterday. And I said to him, I said, you're a great leader. And his response to me was, you don't even understand how I've never heard those words from anybody else on this earth. He's a pastor. He's a leader. And nobody in his church has told him, you're a great leader. I didn't know what I was saying when I said it. But this is one of the gifts I know I flow in. When I spoke it, it affirmed something on the inside of him. Those who possess the prophetic gift have the ability to speak God's message to individuals or groups to bring clarity, direction, and correction. And this also serves to build up the body of Christ. But, everybody say but. Say it again, but. The Bible has big buts in it. And they cannot lie. Sheree Michelle. Don't sit this close to the front no more. How am I supposed to reel this back in, Sheree? Liz, get her. Listen, this is probably one of the most powerful gifts of the Spirit, but this comes with a lot of responsibility. Not everybody can just stand up and say, the Lord said. He killed people for saying the Lord said when he didn't have nothing to say. He, the Bible says for us to stone, ain't that what it says? A stone a false prophet. 
when they stand up and say, God told me, when God didn't have nothing to do with it. And I cannot, I know I've shouted you happy over these first two, but I cannot let this go on without saying, 1 Corinthians gives us a lot of criteria for this gift. Let me read you some of this criteria, these instructions for using the gift of prophecy. You can find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Prophecy, first of all, it must be according to the faith that we have, which means the Holy Spirit can work through the heart of a believer, but only according to the faith in that believer's heart. You can't tell me uh, you have a prophetic word for, for, for me to get out of a wheelchair and walk, but you don't get out of a wheelchair and walk. The, it comes with a measure of personal responsibility. So when we're listening to prophetic words, some of them are prophetic and some of them are pathetic. Because the scripture gives us some clarity. If to prophesy without faith is to speak from our own hearts. We must have faith to believe, get up and walk, telling somebody you have a prophetic word, but you don't have the faith to get up and walk yourself. I'm going to grow you today. This is a little Wednesday night-ish, okay? I gave you that few Sunday mornings. I'm going to give you a little Wednesday night right now. Wednesday night, we have to wear our steel toe boots to church, Amen. It gets thick in here, amen. This prophetic gift uh, comes with great responsibility. This makes it very important for the believer to be assured and to pray and to take due diligence to know what they are speaking prophetically. The second thing is the prophecy must be limited and judged. Oh, well, I have a prophetic word from God. You can't judge me. You're not a prophet. Because a prophet stands strong and lets the word judge it. You don't need to walk up and give somebody a prophetic word. And then when they ask to, for you to find it in scripture or for you to tell them and, and they begin to ask questions and test that spirit and you get offended Oh, let me work with you a little bit. I say, you get offended because they have, they have questioned the prophet. A prophet has a humble spirit to be able to be judged and to understand the, the scripture, this scripture, you'll have to go back and read them sometime. They're all up there. The scripture says, the, 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 Paul the apostle said, they don't need to keep prophesying on and on. They need to stop and let the, let the, the people judge the word. This is how you use the gift of prophecy. The third thing. Well, before I go to the third thing, let me say this. The gifts of the spirit are not toys to play with. They are tools to build with. You don't go around calling yourself a prophet unless you're willing to ab uh, 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 abide by this biblical standard. Don't walk around saying you have a word from the Lord for somebody. Unless you understand the truth and the strength and the responsibility. If you're speaking prophetic words out of your own motives, your own desires, I'm going to speak something prophetically to you because this is what I really want you to do. You're a false prophet and you should shut your mouth. 
And if you stand up in this church and pull that mess on our single moms and on our people without a covering, I'll come after you and I'll call you a false prophet and then I'll dust my feet and kick you out the door. Because when it comes to the word of the Lord, you don't play with the word of the Lord in this house. You can play in other people's churches. You can have all these frilly words and all these things to satisfy itching ears. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's move on. All may prophesy. There is scriptural, biblical standards. I believe I walk in the gift of a prophet. I am so careful. And Javier, I feel like I'm even sometimes afraid. And I don't use that word much, but I fear God. You taught me this. To not say God said, unless you know down deep in your heart that God said. I believe I'm gifted and I'm, I'm, I'm called as an, as an apostle, but as a prophet, as a pastor, I'm, I'm a mixture of many things. But you can prophesy. You don't have to be a pastor to prophesy. You don't have to be. You can prophesy. The Bible gives biblical standard. Every believer who has the Holy Spirit may prophesy. The fourth thing, prophecies don't always have to come through a microphone. Sometimes you're praying with somebody and the Lord gives you a prophetic word to give them. Destiny is sitting here on the second row and destiny has given me several already prophetic dreams that she's been given and I told her write those things down because God will use you to speak those things at the right time you may have a microphone in your hand but you may more it might be more likely that you become across a co-worker and you realize this word is for them so when you're moving in the gift of the prophetic it don't always have to come forth that way the fifth thing, those who are used by the Holy Spirit in the gift of prophecy must be willing to submit and take instruction and correction. If you're going to you walk in the gift of a prophet, you need a spiritual leader that can say, you're not right. Sit down because you are wrong. Everybody wants to shout, but the Bible says who the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. His word will almost always contradict your flesh. If you are in ministry, if you are in leadership, if you are in public service and you cannot handle correction, then I promise you, you're probably not in the position you think you, can, you are. Because we don't always get it right. If you're going to stand up in public and you're going to speak a prophetic word, it it must biblically be tested against this scripture. If it does not align here, it is false, it is wrong. Shut up and sit down. The last thing, this prophecy is worthless without love. I preach 1 Corinthians at weddings all the time. If I have all gifts of prophecy, if I give all my goods to feed the poor, if I do all, I understand all these mysteries and I understand all the secret depths of God. But if I don't have love, I am worthless. Prophetic verbiage, prophetic uh, tones with no love are valueless. 
They have, they have, they're worth a, the Bible says they call it a loud gong or just a clanging cymbal. If you're going to walk in the gift of prophecy, you must proceed it with love. The prophets that have spoken into my life have always done it in a nurturing, almost a motherly or a fatherly manner. One prophet in my life that speaks, and she calls me, she's my spiritual mother, Pam Jackson. She's going to be here in a few weeks. Uh, she called, uh, calls me at the worst moments and speaks into my life, and she always comes with a corrective mother's voice. She's told me, take that off of Facebook. She's told me that. One day I let my hurt out on Facebook. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this. Because you leave it up there. Amen. <laughs> Billy, I let my hurt out on Facebook. And I got real gutsy and I decided to name some names. I'm tired of the devil pushing me around. And my spiritual mama called me and said, take that down. You look foolish. She said, take that down. You look childish, immature, and foolish. She said, you are stronger than that. You're better than that. You don't have to. She said, when they go low, you go high. When they do things that are down in the dirt, you go up to the sky and be where God's called you to be. She said, don't you dare. Don't you dare act like them. Here I am, a pastor of a church, a business owner, a father, a husband, a man of God. If you're going to speak and if you're going to prophesy, you have to be able to know how to do it in love. She moved in with a mother's heart and she said, this kind of thinking is going to hurt you. I'm going to take that thinking away from you. You cannot use that anymore. And Anthony, to this day, every time I let my hurt, y'all are judging me, but y'all let your hurt type up some statuses too. Y'all are judging me, but y'all, you ever had to type a whole status up and just delete that thing and just go on? Just shut it down and be like, never mind, ain't even worth it no more. The Holy Spirit's on the sideline saying, no, 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 no. That's why I don't know how you can live without the Holy Spirit. I'm closing with this. I gave you three on Wednesday. I'm giving you three today. I'm going to give you three in the next Wednesday. Because these gifts are here to grow you and bless you and strengthen you. These, these gifts are here to grow the body of Christ, bless the church, strengthen the church, which means I need your gift. They're not a, not a toy to play with, but a tool to build with. We've got a church to build, not just Hope Alive Church. We've got the global church of God, of Jesus Christ to build. I was talking with Stephan and Amanda yesterday, and I was telling them about some personal goals of mine. Some areas that I, I aspire for the future. I love you all, but I don't want to pastor here for my whole life. I want to break your heart, but I'm, I'm setting you up for when God does that shift. Can I just pastor you? Is that okay? Because I want to get down in the dirt with the people who are broken. They come into this room every single week. But there are people living in our inner cities in America. They're living in our cities in Texas. Lost. They need a savior so bad. 
Cliff, now I don't want to be the biggest church in town. I want to be the one with the highest conversion rate. That's what I want to be. I don't even think some of these churches are counting conversion rates anymore. They're counting chairs in rooms. But I want to be the one where the carpet and the altar is ever needing to be replaced because of the traffic that comes to the altar week after week after week. These gifts are not to build a person or a personality. Don't you walk out of here saying, oh, if I could just be a prophet, I would have it made. When you become a prophet, you will feel like the lowest of the low at times. You'll have to walk up to perfectly happy people and tell them something by the voice of God that bothers them in their flesh. You become a pastor, you become a leader. Leadership is lonely. Let me say this again. Leadership is lonely. I'm not looking for a pat on the back or a new best friend. Real leadership responsibility is lonely. These gifts are gifts to build people, not to play and build yourself. This house will never be a place where a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher comes in here with a big head so big they can't even get through our doors. So be a place where people who are willing to get down in the dirt purpose of spiritual gifts is not to make us more important but to make Christ more important the purpose of spiritual gifts is to fulfill the unique purpose you hear me Betty there's a unique purpose on your life there's a unique purpose on you Derek there's a unique purpose on you Stefan every single Lydia I told you this morning there is a unique purpose on your life you cannot afford to admire other people's gifts too much because if you do you'll become enamored with who they are and you'll forget who God made you to be stand with me today 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 God has given each of you a gift from his great great variety look what this scripture says I know everybody's trying to get situated but just stay with me he's given a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts use them well not to serve yourself not to serve your society your standard or your goals for to be in society no use them to serve one another each of you first corinthians should use whatever gift you have received. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here's my call to you today. Prayer team, I want you to listen to me close because I'm going to pray for healing. You're going to give me that prayer cloth, but you got it. I'm going to pray over this prayer cloth. But I'm also going to pray today. I didn't do this Wednesday night. But I'm going to pray, Alize, that you find your gift. You may know it. Sarai, you need to find your gift. Because this scripture is not a lie. This full gospel didn't come to be written. And then you, Jocelyn, you're not included. This full gospel came so that you would find your, what is your gift? 
my prayer to you today is that you put a journey together to find where he has gifted you prayer team would you come quickly let's get into position thank you so much for listening if you want to stay up to date be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church